Welcome to the Armor Strong Podcast. My name is Gabriella Armour, licensed and certified athletic trainer and doctor of physical therapy. I also have my certification in 200-hour training of Ashtanga Yoga, in which a lot of this material is coming from that training, alongside a few other resources, including The Deeper Dimension of Yoga by George Feuerstein, whoops, sorry, George, and The Chakras and Self-Care Book by Ambi Kavanagh. My pronunciation's way off today, whoop, but... I've got a few different resources, did a few um, Google searches, and have been reading. And a lot of this, too, is from just a general experience and knowledge of anatomical areas and ailments and all that stuff. So, hope you enjoy. I really wanted today to be something a little bit more personal and a little bit more off-kilter from the normal interviews that I've been doing. So, today, I really want to dive into chakras. So a chakra you may have heard of through the yoga world or through your own spiritual journey, but I'm going to explain what chakras are, what they mean, um, and explain pretty much how they correlate to different anatomical areas in your body and how we can work on our physical, mental, spiritual self to improve these chakras. So you may be wondering, what is a chakra? So chakra is a Sanskrit word for wheel. So it's literally meaning like the wheel of a wagon. So metaphorically, these wheels are energy centers within the body. So there are usually five centers in Buddhist yoga. And in Hindu yoga, there's usually seven or more centers, which we will go over today. As a reminder, and especially if you're new to kind of these more yogic terms, Sanskrit is the Vedic language used in India. So it'd be like, your Latin, so to speak. In ancient texts called the Vedas, the chakras were described as being connected by nadis or rivers. So nadis is a Sanskrit word for rivers, which allow energy or prana to flow through our body. So if you've ever heard of the word pranayama, it's the breathing techniques to try to move the energy throughout the body. It is said within Vedic texts that if the chakras are needing to be opened, and if they're open and freely spinning, that it will also allow energy to flow freely throughout the body. However, if they're not performing optimally, think of kind of like the wheels of a machine. If one wheel is stuck, the whole machine's not gonna work. So if one chakra is not working properly, or if it's blocked with an energetic imbalance, emotional trauma, whatever it may be, then it can lead to physical, emotional, spiritual, and life balances. I really want to use this podcast as a helpful tool to bridge the gap between Eastern and Western medicine. And I really think this energetic healing and the idea of chakra meditation or cleansing your chakras is a very helpful tool just to kind of understand the association between the Eastern ideas of this energetic healing and how it pertains to Western ideas within research, um, anatomical uh, areas, kind of more of those ailments that are associated with each of these blockages, so to speak. A lot of people use energy in different contexts. You can say, ooh, that person doesn't have my energy, or oh, that's such great energy. But from a scientific standpoint, energy is both matter which has the potential to cause change and also the capacity to do work. 
So science explains things of energy that can neither be created nor destroyed. So everything has energy, right? A static book can have energy just because it's something in the present that can neither be created nor destroyed. So every one of our energetic beings provides some sort of vibration. And so when you're around people and you're like, ooh, that's bad energy. I mean, yes, <laughs> that can be very much true. Um, so the chakras, a lot of people will maybe be a little bit more hesitant to understand where this comes from. So we're gonna go ahead and break it down into what the different chakras are. So there are seven major chakras. The first one is the root chakra or muladhara chakra. So muladhara means root or support. And this is located at the base of the spine and represented by the color red. So there's quite a few different things that the chakras are represented by. You've got color, elements, sounds, senses. Um, and then obviously every one of these has an association with anatomical region and kind of the actions or the feelings that you would feel if you either have this chakra in excess or a depletion of it or deficiency. So with Muladhara chakra, there is also the element of earth associated. So this Muladhara chakra, that root chakra is your sense of survival, your sense of grounding and that feeling of that hierarchy of needs like water, shelter, safety. So this chakra, this is your ground, this is your stability. Um, this, the goals of this chakra is to find physical health, prosperity, trust. A big one here is trust. So when we feel grounded and rooted in this chakra, we feel secure, we feel safe, we feel stable. We feel like we're surviving and thriving. When there is a balance in this chakra, you're calm, graceful. Because this is the foundation of the body or of the prana, the energy within your own being, really this one is the one that needs to be addressed first and foremost. Job security, shelter, home, all that stuff. So I'd mentioned that the chakras can be imbalanced. They can either be overactive or underactive. So some qualities of an overactive or an excessive characteristic of Muladhara chakra is feeling of heaviness, sluggishness, obesity, materialism, greed, monotony, uh, hoarding. So sort of, you know, your daily, your daily life is just chaotic. Um, a deficiency is, of this is fear, lack of safety, being spacey, lack of discipline, restlessness, maybe underweight, lacking proper diet, nutrition, that sort of like food component. Um, we may feel low self-esteem, pessimistic, unsafe, all of these qualities, those underactive chakras. So not having that, that feeling of, of grounding really. So whether the chakra is overactive for Muladhara and you find yourself being too attached to physical, material things like, you know, money, food, sex, all that, and whether you're in deficiency of Muladhara chakra, all of these things can present through those characteristics, but also in the physical manner. So the physical location of the root chakra is at the base of the spine. So things that can be involved in that area would be the lower extremity and kind of those nerves associated with all the lumbar 
vertebrae, lumbar paraspinal muscles, soreness, feeling of low back pain, pelvic pain, um, all of those pelvic organs as well. Um, there's a little bit of a crossover between muladhara or mulabandha, okay, so muladhara chakra and the uh, next chakra we'll be talking about, which is the sacral chakra. But just know anything, you know, involving root chakra can deal with adrenal glands, bladder, kidneys, lower extremity, and lower spine. Constipation, weight issues, adrenal issues, digestive issues, eating disorders, fatigue, increased anxiety, all of these things can be associated with an issue or an imbalance in this chakra. So how do we balance this chakra, right? How do we do all this? We know what it's about, but if this is an issue in our life, how do we address it, okay? So in my PT brain, I'm going to say exercise, <laughs> okay? But we're going to take the holistic route today. Because a scent of smell is associated with Muladhara chakra, essential oils can be very powerful here. So we really want to think of that element of earth, so grounded sort of smells. You've got vetiver, lavender, patchouli, frankincense, sandalwood. All of these oils or scents, smells can help open up that chakra in a sense because of the area or location of this root chakra doing any sort of like stretching of the pelvic musculature low back um kind of like inner groin region anything opening up the hips can really be helpful here as well the next chakra is the sacral chakra and the sanskrit name for the sacral chakra is svasisthana i hope i'm saying that correct <laughs> so it means one's own dwelling place. So the sacral chakra is the anatomical region of the sacrum. So you've got the hip bones, sacral area, abdomen, low back, genitals, hips, everything kind of in that lower pelvic bowl. So the sacral chakra being water, orangey color, represented by the sound O. So every chakra has a sound. And if you say all of them in unison, they would say the sound of earth, which is all, which is pretty cool. Um, this one is associated with taste. So this is kind of like your creative side. Um, this is a lot about like sexual energy as well and intimacy, connection, fertility, reproduction, all that sort of stuff because mainly just the location that it's at. So during yoga, we do tend to do a lot of like hip openers and a lot of people usually have an emotional experience while doing some hip openers and they don't even know why. So I would say that this kind of sacral chakra, muladhara chakra are both areas that could be causing this emotional kind of overflow because you're trying to essentially like dive in and release these areas through the physical component of it. While there's also the spiritual and sort of mental component that you can add in, I think a physical part just kind of gets people, gets people's mind going without them voluntarily thinking about it. For an imbalance in the sacral chakra, you have issues with, you know, low libido, intimacy, any sort of fertility challenges, creative issues, so having a difficult time coming up with new ideas or something like that. If you have an overactive sacral chakra, this can be feeling emotionless, rigid, having a fear of pleasure. All of these things can manifest in this way, mostly just relating to how our emotions are 
also a lot of correlation with the digestive system. Hormonal or bowel, bladder issues also associated here, urinary issues, whatever it may be. So when you think of trying to open this chakra, the thing that we can gain from this is the feeling of pleasure, being healthy, fluidity. Um, it's associated with the element of water. So you wanna think of kind of like our bodily fluids being excreted properly um, and in a way that allows us to continue living and continue absorbing energy and excreting it properly. Now to get a little bit deeper, a little bit more sensitive, this chakra is usually the one that we find to be the most affected with any sexual trauma. Definitely taking time and being sensitive with yourself through the process of trying to heal this chakra, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through therapy, talking to your pelvic floor physical therapist, or getting more comfortable or aware of your own physical body um, in the pelvic region. Having a certification in pelvic health, how women can, and men can develop, more specifically for women, vulvodynia or um, severe hypersensitivity to the area because of past sexual trauma or because of you know emotional trauma that's manifested within the genital region so pelvic health and all of these sort of holistic interventions they are all so intertwined we hold our stress in our pelvic floor and if we're able to be a little bit more conscious a little bit more aware of that region and be happy and comfortable with ourselves. I think that provides such a ground of acceptance of oneself. This is our body, like we are stuck with this body for the rest of our life. And to be disassociated with it because of shame, whatever have it, you are beautiful. All right, <laughs> moving up the spine is the solar plexus chakra. So this is a bright yellow, think of big sunshine. This is located at the navel, so right around the belly button. Um, Manipura is the name of the chakra in Sanskrit, and it means lustrous jewel. So this element is associated with fire. You got that yellow, bright sun, fire flame in the navel region. Um, this is associated with the sense of sight. The issues surrounding this is power and will. So goals of this chakra is to invite self-esteem, vitality, purpose, strength, spontaneity. Things that can happen if you have an excess of this, I would say is more of that prideful self, dominating, aggressive, um, blaming others. And then the deficiency of this chakra would be poor self-esteem, weak will, very passive, fearful. Even as I'm talking, I'm kind of just imagining the different like signs in my head, horoscope signs. And the thing that sticks out to me most is the Leo, right? Someone who's like bold and confident. The Aries too. I think these are two, two astrological signs that really resonate with this chakra. But so if we're talking about more of those physical symptoms, you would think of kind of the area around the stomach or the digestive tract, the upper digestive tract. So bloating digestive issues, irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, etc. Um, any issues with stomach, liver, gallbladder, spleen, pancreas, indigestion, 
gallstones, you know, the list goes on, but sort of those central abdominal organs, um, kind of moving out of the pelvic region more into that. Oop. Uh-oh. That's Basil, my puppy. She's a big guard dog, so she's keeping me safe. Anywho, moving on up. So when the solar plexus opens, so we're thinking about um, not having excess, not having deficiency, we are good. We are bold. We are strong. You'll likely have any old insecurities or self-doubts resurface and trying to control these thoughts. It's normal to feel anxiety. It's normal to feel the sense of wanting more, but experiencing fluctuations in our sense of self. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Moving forward into trying to figure out you know, your purpose, who you are, what you bring to this world, what light you shine, right? What yellow light you're shining to others, being able to identify that. So because this chakra is associated with the element or with a sense of sight, some things that may be helpful for a meditation to try to address this is a candlelight meditation. So looking into the flame and really focusing your thoughts and trying to focus your gaze without blinking. Um, just clearing the mind and kind of maybe instilling a I am statement. The next chakra is the heart chakra. So the heart chakra is anhata, which means unstuck. So this is the area around the heart and it's symbolized by the element of air, the color green. So think of like that sort of dark royal emerald green or it can be a bright green whatever you kind of imagine your green would be um the sense associated with this is touch so uh the biggest thing here think about the heart this is love this is love this is relationships um the goals of this chakra are to be balanced to be to have self-acceptance compassion good relationships with friends families loved ones if there's an excess in this, it could be codependence. It could be having, you know, jealousy or being possessive or not having proper boundaries. Um, deficiency in this is being lonely, not having love, not being able to have empathy or being too shy or isolated to expose yourself or open yourself up to that opportunity. So the heart chakra is also known as an energetic bridge between the physical and spiritual realms. So the first three chakras, the root, sacral, and solar, those are really the physical presentations of self. And as we move up the body from the heart up, you're reaching more of the spiritual side of yourself, which also lends to a more difficult time clearing these chakras, right? So Because it's not so much physical work that we can be doing. It's more of mental and spiritual enlightenment. And the whole point of clearing these chakras is for the prana to freely th flow throughout the body. And an imbalance in this heart chakra really, I would say struggling receiving love. I know personally, I am uh, more of a critical thinker than someone who will lead by the heart. The physical manifestations of the heart chakra deficiency or excess can be chest pain, heart disease, think of like cardiopulmonary, so you're all in that chest region, respiratory issues, asthma, shortness of breath, panic attacks, COPD, all of these things, um, insomnia, immune deficiencies. Um, anytime there's any heart issues, usually I have that shoulder, upper back pain, so anything within that sort of like 
upper trunk area, think of any ailments that might be associated. So when I'm even saying these, I'm thinking like, oh God, these people are probably going to think that I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. I think that it's interesting to know all of these different things that people believe because everyone can benefit from knowledge in general, right? So I'm teaching you about these different chakras, these, the, these non-medicinal ways or non-Western medicinal ways that you can heal these chakras or work on balancing them. But you may just take, want to take a medicine and kind of get on with it, right? This is just providing a different perspective. Here I am rambling. All right. So we are trying to heal the heart chakra. Some ways you can do this, again, because it's associated with touch. Anything, I think, getting out into nature and being able to um, be appreciative and love the environment you're in. So get, touching the ground, you know, feeling, even though that's a little bit more of that root chakra, but feeling like you're connected right? And compassionate. So thankful and loving of the environment you're in. Maybe you write a love letter to yourself. Maybe you write a love letter to the people in your life that you haven't spoken to in a while. Um, someone that you may have not reached out to because of a feud in the past, but the only way to get over that is to reflect. And even if you don't speak to them, I think just getting that out into the world, writing it down on a piece of paper, apologizing, whatever it may be, having that compassion and connection and feeling of love even through trials and tribulations can really provide a sense of comfort through this heart chakra. Some manifestations or affirmations here is, I feel love and compassion for myself and others. I find joy and connection every day. I'm at peace with myself and others. I radiate love and I see beauty everywhere I go. Moving on up to the throat chakra or Vishuddha. So this means purification in Sanskrit and it is represented by the color blue. So this kind of reminds me a little bit of like an aqua-ish color, beautiful. This is a quote by Buddha. Words have the power to both destroy and heal. When words are both true and kind, they can change our world. So this is the sense of hearing. This is our communication. This is um, the goals are to be clear, communicative, concise, again, creative with our words and our speech and having an impact on others, hopefully in the positive manner. An excess of this is inability to listen. So communicating too much maybe. Um, excessive talking, stuttering. And then deficiencies of this, poor rhythm, fear of speaking, even you know being ashamed of how you sound or maybe what you're gonna say. Anatomically, this is associated with the mouth, the tongue, neck, ears, thyroid, hyperthyroid, parathyroid, so imbalances physically can be symptomatic 
within the presentation of mouth pain, sore throat, sores in the mouth, ear infection, hearing issues, neck pain, thyroid disorders, hormonal imbalances, speech impediments, all those sorts of things. So um, anything involving, you know, ears, mouth, the ability to communicate, hear, speak, sorts of things. So when the throat chakra opens, you may feel yourself expressing yourself more. So unable to be singing all the time. People are always wondering why I'm literally nonstop singing. It's just because <laughs> maybe my third chakra is either A, excessive, or B, just flowing so freely that I'm just singing all the time. Um, if you know me, you definitely can, I'm sure, support that. So under active third chakras, once you start expressing yourself, you'll probably feel that release of suppressed emotions. Um, and maybe I think crying is a huge means of communication to yourself. Um, the sound of crying, you know, just having... So there have been cases of people who are working on healing this throat chakra and they've been through bouts of losing their voice or having throat or neck issues along the way. And when you think of that, um, whether they're starting with an ailment or develop it along the way of trying to work through these areas, you almost, you almost think of like, you know, getting worse before it gets better. So similarly, when you're going through this hard work, because this isn't just something that, you know, you do physically, like I said, like it's, it's something that you really got to dive into your inner self and put an effort into. And um, the mind has an amazing way of influencing the body, influencing your health, and the way, the way your systems operate. So um, it was just interesting reading that, that people will sometimes lose their voice if they're really going through like a heavy, um, heavy cleanse with the throat chakra. I would say probably the best way that, maybe not the best way, but the way that I have tried to work on the throat chakra is through mantra. So mantra is the repetition of a phrase over and over and over and over again. Not only is that, you know, preparing your vocal cords and allowing vibration to flow throughout the vocal cords, but it's also embelling this um, idea in your mind. You're repeating it over and over and over and over and over again. So the most common mantra is probably OM, and even just doing that, you feel the vibration throughout the throat. So that's one. Um, using, again, colors or the sense of hearing can also be a way to address this chakra and try to start clearing it or unblocking it. So if anyone has the app Insight Timer, sponsor, sponsor, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Insight Timer has some great meditations and they have sound bowls and all of these different tools that you can use even just before bed for like five, 10 minutes. And using that sense of hearing can create more clear communication. Going up to the brow chakra. Okay, so the brow chakra is called Ajna. So to perceive in Sanskrit. 
So this is represented by the color indigo, so a little bit more of a deeper bluey, purpley color. The element associated with this is light. Um, and then, oh, I didn't even say the element for throat chakra. It's ether, so space, okay? So think of like the air in your lungs or space in your lungs. Air is for heart chakra. All right, blah, 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 fast forward. So Ajna, the brow chakra or the third eye chakra, right? That's how you usually we identify it, the third eye. So this is insight. This is knowing. This is intuition, imagination. This chakra can stimulate right hemisphere and left hemispheres, right? So more of that creative spiritual side and the logical rational side and work together so your mind can find a, a grounded place. The goals of this chakra are accurate interpretation, imagination, psychic perception, and clearly seeing things for what they are. So some excessive characteristics, it would be some difficulty concentrating, delusions, hallucinations, headaches, nightmares, these sorts of things. And then deficiency characteristics would be um, poor vision, not being able to see. So not, not thoroughly through the actual eyes itself, but I mean, maybe through the actual eyes itself, but that, um, that comprehension or that ability to see things past just face value. Um, so seeing patterns or seeing things that are quote unquote red flags, you know, what have it be with that denial, etc. So the anatomical or more physical presentation of this would be things around kind of that nose eye region. So migraines, sinus issues, blurred vision, eye strain, glaucoma, cataracts, um, insomnia, high blood pressure, um, and then Because I am one who overanalyzes things, when I think of this third eye chakra, I think it's being truly able to trust your intuition in the sense of what you're thinking, the thoughts you're having, the things you're seeing, patterns, whatever, to trust yourself because you are having these feelings for a reason, right? The, this, this intuition to not go to a friend's house because you don't feel good and then you don't trust your own judgment, then you go and something bad happens. Um, my godmother always told me, if you never wanna, if you don't ever wanna go somewhere or if you don't wanna do something, just don't do it because there's a reason behind it whether that's keeping you safe or whether that's preventing you from making a poor decision, whatever have it, your intuition is guided by self, but also those external factors. So surrounding yourself or interpreting your surroundings with your third eye, your decision-making right to wrong or what decisions would be best for you and your well-being. I personally experience a lot of issues with this chakra because sometimes I am very indecisive and not so much because I can't make a decision but because I am not trusting my own really intuition I mean I don't really think there's any other word to say other than intuition I consider all all other options like okay this this could work that could work this will make this person happy this will make that person happy but what decision 
or what lack of clarity am I having that I'm not able to stand firmly in my beliefs, right? So I would say definitely that cloudiness or lack of focus, um, procrastination, I think falls in this category and just feeling a little off, right? Off of your normal path of decision-making and because this area is so fruitful for imagination, sleep is a huge thing here. A lot of health conditions too can be prevented by proper sleep, proper diet, but mostly sleep. And so many people live their life not sleeping or not taking true time to rest the body. And yoga, for every hour of practice, should be five minutes of rest, purely just to calm your nervous system down, to get it out of the sympathetic overdrive and into this parasympathetic state of rest and digest. These components are so important physiologically, yes, but also for your mind to wander, to enter REM sleep, for you to have dreams, for your brain to process the day that you just had and not feel like you've constantly got something going on. I always, usually, if I can't sleep because I'm thinking about too much, I will always put a meditation on. Again, insight timer plug. I think it's such a a useful tool, whether it's just music or whatever, being able to set your sleep up for a successful rest. Not just sleep, but to be rested. I think an opening of this chakra too brings more awareness to cues around you. I can speak from experience more recently that once I decided to trust my intuition more, there was more signs in my day-to-day life that were just weird, like luck or feeling like there's, I I just said this, there's no way that this is happening. Um, I know technology is always listening to us and like things can fall on our social media or whatever that represent conversations we might have had but real life things like symbols that manifest in front of you or songs that replay that you know you were just thinking of the other day those flooding insights of things that keep you focused or that keep your mind wandering and creative i think those are all um, really important to maintain a lot of people now I'm just going on a tangent, but a lot of people don't think they remember their dreams. And I think dreams are very interesting. If you can remember them and if you haven't already, um, looking up like what different things mean in your dreams. I think the mind is a very beautiful, complex thing that we still don't really understand. I mean, we can't even begin to conceptualize why people think the way they do but I do think people are gifted with the skill set to to see deeper to see not so much with their eyes but with that third eye with that intuitive mind and um, to be able to convey that to others I think is so incredible there's no way that we go this lifetime understanding everything with religion and what have it you're told to have faith, right? You're told to have faith. So whether you have faith that Christ has saved you, whether you have faith that 
their spirits that are guiding you, whatever your faith rests in, I think all of these beliefs stem from that third eye and that clarity and that ability to see your higher self. Because a step up from here, the step up from here is enlightenment. It's sahasara. It's it's the top of the head. You know, it's beyond the physical body. So that last step, that last step of clearing the mind, letting your imagination flow, accepting ideas, accepting beliefs, and having faith, I think that all kind of gets you up to the next step. We are going up to the top chakra. So this chakra is represented by the color white. Um, Sahasara in uh, Sanskrit means thousandfold. So this physically is represented the top of the head or cerebral cortex. Um, beyond the skull really though is kind of where this sits. So it's like the skull and beyond. You usually see images with white and then kind of like a shining around the head. So this is associated with knowledge and wisdom and consciousness right? Awareness. The goals of this is to constantly expand your knowledge and truly pass the physical self. So pass the capacity of the brain, but also um, to the spiritual realm. This in excess would maybe even be some spiritual addiction, right? Being so obsessed with, you know, some people think they're God or some people get so hyper obsessed with the idea of spirituality or religion or whatever, that causes disassociation, confusion. I think intellect, clearly, I mean, my podcast is Armor Strong, Strength in the Mind and Body. So knowledge is strength. I will take that to the day I die. But for someone to be over-intellectual where, where they have a false sense of being in this lifetime, where intellect is the only thing they're ruling off of, I think that can definitely be... Um, a blockage or an excess of this chakra. Um, some deficiencies of this chakra can be being closed-minded, having spiritual skepticism, uh, difficulty learning, limited beliefs or not, not opening, the, opening the mind to possibilities of welcoming new ideas. So whether that, you know, is in the workplace, whether that is learning a new craft or whether it comes down to the foundational things of morality and stuff like that. So physical manifestations of the Sahasada chakra or the crown chakra would be neurological issues. So stuff that has to do with the brain, you know? Um, so you think of nerve pain, you think of headaches, psychological issues, from anxiety to depression to bipolar disorder, um, chronic fatigue, uh, even think about the skull itself, hair loss, stuff like that. So I think that this crown chakra is leading us to the divine. It's the final energy point of the body and it's where essentially kundalini explodes from, from where that pure energy explodes from. So working up the spine, working up the chakras, or working up that prana channel, any blockage along this way is going to not get you to that enlightenment. Are people truly reaching enlightenment, okay? We are man, we are flawed, we have ideas, we we make mistakes, all this stuff. I don't think the point of yoga is to be perfect. I don't think the point of trying to heal your chakras or clear your pathways is to be perfect. I don't think 
sometimes it even is to reach enlightenment in this lifetime. But I think there's different things that we can do to be more aware, be more conscious of our physical self, how we prevent, how we present physically. And then the things that we can consider like, oh my gosh, my throat hurts. You know, we can think of the medical aspect of it, but then there's so many other components that we can look into more of the spiritual and mental side of things and consider, oh, my throat hurts. Am I having difficulty communicating with the way I'm feeling? Am I having a, uh, a difficult time, you know, with job? Am I making less money? Is that why I just feel uh, so much low back pain, feel so insecure, right? So like there's, there's so many variables Whenever I see a patient, whenever I have someone come in and they're coming to me for a physical ailment, there's always, and I've talked about this before, the biopsychosocial approach. It is not always just physical. While that's important and you do need to consider all that stuff, the way you approach a patient has to be multifactorial. Knowing different stressors, environmental stressors, life stressors, is going to be huge in your own life and if you are a healthcare professional treating your patients and while that may be a line that you don't want to cross it's bound to happen man like it's <laughs> i always say like i feel like i'm part psychologist or therapist when the patients come in because i'm trying to provide professional accurate information but then I've got this background and knowledge of this holistic, you know, yogic approach with the knowledge of chakras and the different elements that are attached to it and the different qualities that it represents. Everything has a place to be just so honed in and to not consider that people can benefit from different components. I would say that's a blockage of your sahasara, right? So that's a blockage of, you know, that, that awareness or that, that mindfulness. As a review from this podcast, you have your chakras, your energy wheels or your energy systems throughout the body, moving your prana or energy. The first one is the root chakra at the base of the spine, bright red, the sense of smell, grounding, stability, and safety. Then you have your sacral chakra, bright orange, sense of taste. This is your emotions, your sexual desire, pleasure, health, fluidity. Then you have your solar plexus, that bright yellow fire in the navel region associated with sight and the power and will, self-esteem, your purpose, your personality, the strength, spontaneity. Moving up to the heart, green space around the chest cavity with a sense of touch. This focusing on love, relationships, balance, self-acceptance, compassion, and good relationships, good healthy relationships. Moving up to the throat chakra for communication, symbolized by deep blue coloring with a sense of hearing. Clear communication, creativity, and making an impact with your words. Moving up to the third eye or the brow chakra with the color indigo. 
senses insight, intuition, imagination, seeing through the eyes into the third eye. So being able to intuitively open your mind, moving up through the mind to Sahasada or the crown chakra represented by white and symbolizing awareness, wisdom, knowledge, and consciousness. With knowing the anatomical regions of this area and common diseases and ailments associated with each of these chakras, next time you come in contact with someone, yourself, a family member, a patient, whatever it might be, being able to maybe think about these different components and seeing if any of these things can be addressed, um, taking more of the psychological, spiritual, mental route instead of just the physical route and trying to give maybe yourself an outlet to deep a little to dive a little bit deeper into yourself your being and truly how you're feeling in every aspect of your life hopefully you learned something during this podcast because knowledge is power <laughs> but um truly i love sharing a little bit more of this hippie dippy stuff so to speak it truly is my passion. I think it makes such a big difference when thinking of the world in front of us and truly what reality is. Um, so if you're interested in some of this stuff, please leave a comment. Please interact with you know Spotify, Apple Podcast, Instagram, all the modems of social media communication. Um, I'm going to start doing a little bit more of this sort of style, so incorporating different aspects of holistic care into the medical stuff and top of the interviewing and all that. So if you're into this, let me know, please. The feedback is always welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Armor Strong Podcast. Strength in the mind and body.